Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Crucial Conversations. I am Peter. And I am Kevin. And we're going to be talking about law and gospel today. But before we get into that, we would appreciate it if you uh, follow us on social media, because, you know, that's always great to... Kevin's pointing at things now that I can't read because they're too far away. It's something... Is that oh, it's law and gospel. There's a book. It's a whole book. There's on a this. book about this. <laughs> yeah, we're, hey, gonna, cool. we're basically gonna cheat. We're gonna cheat. Excellent. So social media, we you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we share various oh quotes and encouraging thoughts and thoughtful thoughts, things to make you think about your faith and Jesus. Yeah, you can have thoughtful thoughts, Kevin. Thoughtful thoughts. I usually have flighty thoughts and nonsensical thoughts. I have silly thoughts. Silly. <laughs> It is a silly place in this podcast sometimes. But uh, you can also support what we do. Crucialproductions.org slash give. Any little bit helps. And we appreciate anything you can do after you've given to your church. We uh, want you to do that first. So, Kevin, how about you uh, lead us off today with this heady, not silly topic? Well, it's... um... One of the joys of being a Lutheran is is we say strange things as though everyone <laughs> in the world understands what we're talking about. No long gospel. It's long no gospel. Way. We have to properly distinguish between long gospel. Um, but but the um, law and gospel, it's a strange thing. It's a very basic concept, and yet it's one that I have no idea what it means. And neither does. And we're going to do a podcast on it. Yeah, that's that's a great way to start a podcast. But. Um, law and gospel is is really the way that Lutherans have traditionally explained how we understand Scripture, right? Okay. I mean, at its very basics, law and gospel is the way that we read the Bible. It's a hermeneutic. A hermeneutic is how you read something. And so right away in, in Walther's book, C.F.W. Walther, who was the first president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri, Synod, one of the scariest looking people. One of the ever. best looking guys ever. Okay, really. I guess you could go that direction too. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you ever have not seen a wall, if you have not seen a picture of CFW Walther, please Google it now. Yes. And and but but make sure you're in a well lit area. Don't hang it in your child's room. No. Make sure there are no children around. Will be nightmarish. Um, if you can find the one where you didn't have any teeth. <laughs> It's even better. That one's hilarious. But, but here's the thing. See, but we love Walter, him anyways, he, he, in spite of all of this. Such a treasure of our church body. Indeed. Really, really honestly was. But he wrote a book called The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. Well, that's what we've called it. He didn't really write that book. but He wrote it in German. Um, so. He actually just gave lectures and someone else wrote it down, which is the best way to write a book. But <laughs> I has, wrote a book without writing it. Has it has kind of become our synod's book on how do we discuss this. And, and here's what he says in the first thesis. He says the doctrinal contents of the entire Holy Scriptures, both of the Old and the New Testament, are made up of two doctrines, differing fundamentally from each other, that is, the law and the gospel. Only he is an Orthodox teacher who not only presents all the articles of faith in accordance with the Scripture, but also rightly distinguishes from each other the law and the gospel. Rightly distinguishing the law and the gospel is the most difficult and the highest art of Christians in general and of theologians in particular. It is taught only by the Holy Spirit in the school of experience. Okay. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge and scary. <laughs> yeah. 
So are, are you saying, Kevin, or is Walther saying that after this one single podcast episode, you can't be a professional at this? The true knowledge of the distinction between law and gospel is not only a glorious light affording the correct understanding of the entire Holy Scriptures, but without this knowledge, Scripture is and remains a sealed book. That's huge. That means you better understand. That's why you yeah. can't read the Bible. Yeah. If you don't get this, you don't get the Bible at all. Oh. And, and then them strong words. You know, that's thesis four. There are twenty-five theses. Those are the easy ones to understand. At least he didn't go all ninety-five on us. Yeah. At least he he got tired. <laughs> um. So. The, the thing, though, is that the, the the full and proper distinction of law and gospel, as, as Walther correctly says, is something that only the Holy Spirit can teach us, and it's only something we learn as we spend a lifetime of reading God's Word, hearing His God, God's Word, um, for some people, preaching God's Word, teaching God's Word. Mm-hmm. But, but the Holy Spirit teaches us how to properly distinguish law and gospel. However like everything in the Christian faith, a child can understand this yeah, and properly do it. Yep. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the childlike version. We're going to bring a child in. Oh, wait, yes. no. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, maybe, a, maybe a future and episode. And assault them with text and say, which is that? <laughs> is that law or gospel? Distinguish. <laughs> but, but here's our goal in the next, you know, how many minutes this takes is we're, we're kind of sitting right around 38 as our normal yeah, episode length so in the next 35 minutes but as as one of my favorite professors said numbers are all law <laughs> so um what we're going to do is we're going to try to to break this down not break down like and break dancing but uh to try to make this understandable at least to us and hopefully to people yeah, who are hopefully listening. if we understand it that means other people also understand it so here's the thing the bible is about God, not about you. Yeah, we've talked about that. The Bible is about Jesus, not about you. Right. The Bible is about what God has done in Christ. And the primary thing that God has done in Christ is through the death and resurrection of Jesus. He has conquered sin, death, and the devil. He has won forgiveness of sins for all people, of all time, in all places. Okay. Cool? Yeah, cool. Sounds good. Yeah. That's good news. Wait, is it? See, now you just labeled that all as gospel. (laughs) That can all be law. Yes. How? Well, the the way I would hear that as law is if I'm one of those people for whom Christ has died and I really don't want to hear that I don't want to hear that I'm a sinner and I hear that and I say I'm I'm not a sinner I don't need that why'd God do that I talked to somebody one time and they actually said that's oppressive sure for you to tell me that I need God to do something for me to be saved that's oppressive don't put that on me I'm free I don't need God's help yeah trying to kind of keep me down (laughs) Or, or the, the putting me down, I guess in line with that, putting me down because you're saying that I'm a bad person. Right. I'm not a bad person. Who's, who said I needed help? Yeah. So so the, the, the most basic way to think through law and gospel 
is the law tells us the truth of who we are in light of God's will. Hmm. And, and the most important thing it tells us is that we aren't good. We are wrong. We are sinful. And we deserve God's wrath. Mm-hmm. That's really what the law does to us. Now, we'll get into what the law actually is as we go, but but one the most easy way to think about this is when the gospel tells me what I must do, and by implication, then what I am failing to do in, in God's sight. That's the law, mm-hmm. right? So the Ten Commandments are the most popular um, instance of the law, yep, most right? Most well-known. Here, here's, here's what you got to do, dude. You got to love only God. You, you can't have any other gods, right? You, you, you can't ever take his name in vain. You got to remember Sabbath day, but even holy. You got to honor your mom and dad. You can't kill. You can't have sex outside of marriage. No stealing. Mm-hmm. No bearing false witness. Don't covet. I'm not sure if you heard me the first time. Don't, Don't covet. Don't covet, <laughs> right? So so those are the Ten Commandments. And, and as we know, when you hear those, if you're honest at all with yourself, you go, either I've got to find a way that those don't apply to me so I can say, oh, I've kept those. That's I'm no okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yep. Or you've got to come face to face with reality that that a holy God is making demands that I can't live up to. Yeah. And that's the I, law. I haven't actually fulfilled that. So you say, well, that's easy. I have no other gods before me. That's easy. I don't have Buddha statues in my house. Right. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, I'm not tempted to go to the Hindu temple on my way to work tomorrow. But if the sermon goes past noon, I'm walking out because well, dude, dude, there's football. There's football on. And you cannot take away my football time. Right. And then and then what happens is is we read the scriptures, what we realize is that when God says no they're gods, he means nothing else. Nothing. Not just pagan gods and idols, but like literally nothing <laughs> can be important in your life in the way that God is. Yeah. Nothing. You can't have anything that's on his level in your life. You can't have anything that controls you. Wow. The only thing you can actually submit to is him. Anything else becomes a false god. Yep. Anything. Football, entertainment, money, food. Yep. Um, most of all, and I hate to bring this up, Peter, because you're guilty of this one. What? Loving yourself. Uh, yeah. See, no. I mean, like. I hate myself. Well, see, that's the problem. That's also a false idol. Uh-oh. So the, this obsession I that I have with myself, that <laughs> the, this this inherent obsession I have with myself is is a violation of the first commandment. And so what happens is whenever the Bible says you must, that's the law. Mm-hmm. This is what I always I always teach people when I when I start this is I say the law talks about what I must do. Right? what I am doing or not doing and all that works. It's all about me and mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing and all that kind of stuff. The gospel, on the other hand, is always about what God is doing on your behalf, right? So God gives the gift of his son, Jesus. God forgives sins. God gives the Holy Spirit. God grants eternal life. God conquers my enemies. God is a God of abounding love and patience, mm-hmm. you know, not wanting any to perish. These are all gospels. These are good news because this is all God is doing. And and what happens is the law part of scripture is is when I read it and I see what I'm supposed to be doing. 
Right. Which, I mean, that's why we started this off saying the Bible's not about me. Not about me. <laughs> because that's usually what I tend to do. I, I open up, especially if I'm in the New Testament and the epistles. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for, all right, what should I, how should I live my life today? What are the things I can do? Now, the first question, how should I live my life today? I mean, that, I mean, I love, but this way, those are actually good questions, law. but they're law. Law. Yeah. So here's here's the other thing we want to say real quick, and then we'll kind of have to circle back to some of this stuff, is that law is not bad. Right. We don't want to equate law with bad and gospel with good. Gospel is good, but that doesn't mean law is bad. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, the law is good. Well, if we're going to say the law is bad, we have to say that the way God wants us to live is bad. Right, exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> that's, that's, See, you when, can't do when, that. <laughs> when people hear us saying that we read through the Bible and we find the good passages and label those as gospel, and the things that I don't like, I label them as law and bad. That's not at all. That's not it at all. That's a total right. misunderstanding of yeah. this. Remember, the law of God is His holy will. Yep. For you, and that's good. Mm-hmm. God in his holiness, gets to tell us what's right and wrong. And that's not bad. Right. The reason I don't see it as good is because I'm actually breaking that law and holding myself up as God and saying, I know better. Right. And and when when we um, experience, it's kind of hard to talk about this, when we are on the other side of the second coming, when we are in the presence of God for all of eternity, we we call it heaven, I guess is one Mm -hmm. way to say it, right? Post- the resurrection of our, of our new flesh, we will live always obeying the will of God. Yeah. And that's going to be good. Good. Very good. Yeah. Bliss. Paradise. We we call it bliss. This is (laughs) heaven even. Right. So, so we don't want to equate law with bad. We just, we just want to remember that the law is going to tell me what I'm doing. Right. The law might actually make me feel bad. It, uh, it often will. And that and that's probably why in our culture we have this struggle of seeing the law as bad because it makes me feel bad. Right. Because our culture teaches you, well, if it feels bad, it is bad. If it feels good, it is good. And so we take that hermeneutic, that way of reading the world, and apply that to the law. Well, okay, it kind of makes sense. The law is bad. The gospel is good because it makes me feel good. And so you can see how that worldview had, we talked about worldview last week, how that worldview has infected our view of law and gospel itself to where law then becomes a bad thing. And that is never the case. So here's why this matters. I mean, at this point, it's like, okay, that's nice. You've kind of identified how to read the Bible and that there are certain statements about what God does in Jesus. And those are gospel statements. There are certain people statements about what I'm supposed to be doing, and that's law, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, who cares? Well, here's what matters. The law can't save you. Mm-hmm. Only the gospel saves. This is the point of Lutheran theology. The law doesn't save you. And anytime you try to make the law the thing that saves you, you're not properly distinguishing between law and gospel. And not just saves, but also makes you better. Can we say that? Because mm. I like to look at the law as a way to improve myself. Let me say it that way. Well, and the problem should... is, Peter, you stink at improving yourself. 
Yes. See, now we're back true. to the law. And this is this is exactly the point, is that the law being good still means it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that when the law hits me, it's not the thing that changes my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. The law is not, that's not the role of the law. The law reveals the will of God to me. It tells me what I should do. But when it comes to how I am related to God, that is in the realm of gospel. Hmm. See, see, this is what God does for me. When, when it comes down to Peter, are you saved? Are you going to heaven? Are, is God on your side or is he against you? What's the answer? Yeah. How do you know that? Because of what Jesus did. Exactly. See, that's gospel. If yeah. you say, if you say, yes, because I believe fervently. <laughs> and it's like, well, well, okay, now that's law. Right? Mm. When you point to yourself as as the way that you relate to God, that's law. Hmm. Okay. And and when you point to what God has done in Christ, that's gospel. And that that that's an important nuance because I think most of the time when I think of law in that way, it's more the 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 good works kind mm-hmm. of thing. And mm-hmm. so make placing it also in the category of my belief really drives that home even further how much it's not about me. Right. So so here's kind of the classic verse in my mind. This is not from anybody else. This is just something I, I think of and, and when I teach this I like to go to this verse because it, it's kind of like Paul giving you a, a cheat verse for this, right? <laughs> and we all know it. This is a verse everyone knows. If you don't know the reference, you probably know it when I start reading it, right? So Romans 6.23, it's the last verse of Romans 6, mm-hmm. which is important if you know what Romans 7 is about. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's law, gospel, right? The yeah. wages of sin is death. Everything you have done, Peter, mm-hmm. will end me, up in death. Earns me death. It earns you death. Yep. That's your role in all this. That's what you're. That's what you're up to. Yay! Yeah. Great. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. Thanks. <laughs> but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, it the free gift, which results in life, has nothing to do with you. Right. It has everything to do with God doing what you need without any effort or merit or worthiness or or strength of faith or weakness of faith or any any of those qualifications see it's simply god doing in christ that's the good news Mm -hmm. you think about you think about the uh philip right and the ethiopian eunuch right and and he's he's riding along and and Philip's like, what are you reading? He's like, I'm reading Isaiah. I have no idea what this is about. And then it says <laughs> well, the most he's amazing next thing. To a yeah, chariot that's going full speed. Maybe. Well, he's a lover of horses. He can do that. <laughs> and that the cool thing is is the text tells us that beginning with that verse, he told him the good news about all the things that he can do to reconcile himself to God. No, that's not it. Not at all. No. What the text says is beginning with that verse, he, he began to tell him the good news, the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus. And and that, in the most basic sense, that's what this is all about, is the gospel is the good news about what God has done for you in Christ. The The Ethiopian eunuch is a good reminder for us in this case that when we're reading scripture and we ask that same question, 
who is this about? Yeah. Who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? The answer is never us. Yeah. It's, that's the funny thing. <laughs> Philip's like, well, he's talking about you. No, he's like, which, it, which is this probably about Jesus. why the Ethiopian eunuch was having a hard time with it. He's like, well, it doesn't seem to fit me. It doesn't seem to fit anybody I know. It's none, no other people. This isn't working. It's got to be about something else. So, What's, Peter, what, who is this about? You and I have a lot of time that we spend in common places, and I and I know you to be a man who who rejoices to hear the word of God, as I do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, really well-meaning theologians and pastors will read a text and then say, now, here's how you fit in the text. <laughs> you're like Peter, right? You're, you're like the, the rich young ruler. You're like the, here's the problem. The text isn't about you. Right. The text isn't about me. And when we start reading the Bible that way, the real problem is either the gospel doesn't make any sense or we can't take the law seriously or I end up being the hero of the text. Yeah. You you actually end up confusing law and gospel or exactly. losing them entirely. Exactly. When you make scripture about you. Okay, so here's here's a couple things we're going to hit real quick. I know we we we're running out of time and we've got uh, 500 years worth of theology to cover. <laughs> and that's that's just We can do it. The surface. Yes. Um when we do this, when the law becomes the thing that that I see as the way I relate to God, right? So I need a stronger faith. I need to live a better life. I need to fulfill God's will in order for him to love me, mm-hmm. right? In essence. Yeah. You know, as well, I do, as well as I do, that there's, there's kind of two ways that we attack that problem. Right. Because we can't face it. Yeah. The reality is we're just kind of worth Isaiah saying, woe is me. <laughs> I'm a man of unclean lips and all my friends have unclean lips we, there's nobody clean here. That's the despair way. That's despair, right? Yep, so that's that the one really option. Work. But but when we look at it and say, okay, how am I going to solve this problem? We kind of do one of two things. One, we have to soften the law so that I can live up to it, right? Yeah. Well, God understands that I'm trying hard. So he'll, he'll forgive my inability to be perfect, right? Or he, he didn't really mean, you know, really lustful thoughts. You right. Know, there are lustful thoughts and there are not really lustful thoughts he look i can still talk about women as eye candy right as long as i don't actually act on it i can look i just can't touch right yeah wait what you know that <laughs> uh-oh um what what's see just... <laughs> and what we've done is we've actually said to god your holiness must be mitigated to let me in yeah you need to lower your bar a you gotta bit. lower your standards so that i can meet them so you can be pleased with me to let me in yeah. Well, that's just dumb. Because if they're God's standards, he's not going to lower them so that you'll get in. If that's the way it works, then why would he have standards? He would just say, everybody gets in, <laughs> make up your own laws. But the, the point is, when you read God's word, that's not how it works. He doesn't say, here's holiness. Now, if you're trying really hard, you don't have to match that bar. Yeah. He doesn't say that at all. Here's the holiness bar for those who are trying really hard. Right. Here's here's the actual holiness bar, but here's the one for the rest of you. You know, to err is human, so I understand. That's cool. Yeah. Um, no. He actually spends a lot of time doing the opposite. Yes, a lot of and time. The 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 passage that comes to mind for me on this is always the Sermon on the Mount, which which Jesus says, <laughs> "You think you know the law? You ain't got a clue how hard it is you to follow." You have heard that it was said, and you know, here's a law you can meet. Yeah. But I say to you. 
you don't have a chance. Yeah. I. So here's the thing. You know, I'm a pretty good person. I never killed anyone. And and Jesus says, oh, so you've heard of that one. Well, I say to you, if you've ever hated someone in your heart, you've murdered them. Or been angry at them. Yeah. And you're like, wait, wait back up. Wait, what? Just being angry? Yeah, just wait. <laughs> You know, Hold on and then it goes, okay, so have you heard of this other one about adultery? And you're like, mm. good, I'm good. Yep. Right? And it goes, no, seriously, if you've ever looked at a woman lustfully, ever, Ev- like ever. Even once. Even once. Yep. You're an adulterer. Just for a little bit. You're an adulterer. Mm-hmm. And we go, that's not fair. <laughs> I I got no shot. Yeah. Yes. Welcome to the law. Do I actually have to cut my hand off? Yeah, Do and I then Jesus have to gouge my eye. I out? think this is this is that's actually this one of is my all favorite. part of the Sermon on the Mount too. This that's is for, as it I, continues. I love it. You know, so if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. We're like, what? He goes, well, it's better. You know, would you rather go to heaven maimed or go to hell with all your body parts? It's like, well, I'm not really that into holiness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you is, are. Is there but a third I really, option? Is, right. Is there some? I want the third and, option. And that's exactly what we do. When the law yeah. hits us and convicts us, our first reaction is to say, wait a minute, either God didn't mean the law or what else do we do? What's the other thing? We, we either lower the law mm-hmm. or we try to justify our actions. That's not really sin. That's not really sin. Yeah, that's not that bad. It's not, you know, whatever. I didn't actually break that one. God's God doesn't really, you know, it's, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm not as bad as that guy. Yeah. And, and what we do is we're always trying to find a way out from underneath the oppression of the law. And this is another thing that Walter does talk about in one of his later theses. I think it's thesis nine. When he talks about if, if you're looking at our contrition and our sincere love of God, as the reason we are forgiven. He Hmm. says that's actually a confusion of law and gospel. See, the only, the gospel is not contingent even on my desire for it to be true. The the gospel is not contingent on me being heartily sorry for my sins and sincerely repenting of them, (laughs) right? The gospel is God's action in Christ for you. So here's, here's the point. Read the scriptures. Mm-hmm. When it tells you what God has done in Christ for you as a gift, that's gospel. When it tells you what you're supposed to be doing, that's law. So now you can color code your Bible, right? You can go through, you can color code your Bible and don't. That was a joke. Yeah. Um, but some people do. They'll color code their Bible and say, this is a passage of law. This is a passage of gospel. I actually did start doing that when yeah, I was, I've, first I've, became a Lutheran. I was like, sure. oh, I'm going to go back and do this. Yeah. It, that's not actually how it works, but but okay. Um, but here's the point. Who cares? But we got to come back to this, that God's action to save us, to forgive us, to give us eternal life, to bring us into his family, to bring us in, into his eternal household mm-hmm. so that you are not an orphan, that you are not condemned, that you don't belong to the devil, you don't belong to death, you are not even marked by your sin his action to bring you into his house and out of all of that into a relationship with himself into his son into forgiveness into life all of that action was his doing out of grace through his son jesus christ Mm -hmm. you 
don't do a thing. Pure gift. Which is one of the the uh, memes or shareable images we posted a while back was the most offensive thing we can hear is that we have nothing to do with our salvation. Right. And and here's the frustrating Cause, thing cause about law and gospel. Because you tell me that and I'm like, that, but I still want it to be me that I can do something. <sighs> I at least want to be better than the next guy. If, yeah, if nothing else. If nothing else. I mean, yeah. come on. I've spent a lot of time reading the Bible. Look, I should get I something out of it. I don't it. have to be as good as Jesus. Right. But as long as I'm better than you, Kevin. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if you're if you're with your buddy and a bear is chasing you, how fast do you have to be? Oh, just a little bit faster than your buddy. That's right. See, that, it's that easy. <laughs> so so that's the game we play with we're God's law. We're bad people, Kevin. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're bad. The problem is we both know this, these things. Yeah. But the reality is, is we do this with God's law all the time. We, we, we hear a text. This just happened to me. We hear a text. From, from the New Testament and and we're being taught the text as though we're the heroes mm-hmm. that we're the good people in the text and everybody out there is the bad people the non-Christians and I know some people might get upset with this but that's a confusion of law and gospel hmm. see as a sinner when I hear a text about God's people and goodness my first thought is well I wish I could be in that because I don't deserve to be in that family Hmm. I, it doesn't describe me. If you're honest about your sinfulness. If I'm actually taking yeah. seriously God's law, mm-hmm. that that description of holiness doesn't apply to me. I, I don't. I have no part in that. You know, Paul starts off the letters to to the saints gathered. And to be totally blunt, my first hearing of that is, well, I guess it's not to me then, hmm. because I'm. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. That's the law. The law comes to us and it establishes, you know, if when you are judged by your sin, this is the judgment. Mm-hmm. You're a sinner. Yep. You deserve death. When you're judged by your actions. You deserve hell. Yep. Temporal, eternal punishment, right? Yeah. And and don't, don't kid yourself at all into thinking that New Testament is a gospel and Old Testament is law. It's not like that yeah, at all. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Because <laughs> long gospel are in both. It's in it's in every yeah. every passage really. Yeah. And and what we what we really want to just continue to think through is that when you open your Bible and and you find passages that, that you know you you like and that's kind of, that's good. That's good. We want you to like Bible passages. We like Bible. I like Bible passages. <laughs> um, we actually have a series on our blog we have a about series our favorite on, Bible read passages. It. Yeah. But the, the import of scripture is really to move us to understanding God's action for us in Christ. Mm-hmm. So when I read a passage about what I have to do, see, that's not a passage that's going to teach me how to be saved. That's going to, that's a passage going to teach me either. Um, it's either going to show me my sinfulness because I'm going to say, I'm not living up to that standard. It might teach me how to behave better for fear of punishment because God will punish those who don't listen to him. Mm-hmm. Or it might be a passage that teaches me how to live a better life now that I've received you know, repentance by the Holy Spirit, now of turning from my sinful life, how do I live? So the law will also serve that function, will teach me, oh, well, this is how I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed yeah. to be a selfish jerk. I'm supposed to love my wife. And because I'm a Christian and believe what Jesus has done for me, I want to do that. I kind of like that. Yeah, now. I'm kind of like, yeah. hey, okay, God <laughs> has told me that I want to go do this. I mean, you've had this feeling. Everybody who yeah. as a Christian has it. Like, okay, God, now I'm ready. Anything you say, I'll go do it. And you hear something in the Bible, and you're like, okay, yep. I'm gonna, I'm going to do, I'll do that. I'm going to stop being an impatient jerk, 
<laughs> and I'm actually going to serve people instead of myself. Right. Right. And, and, and you go and it's not, you're not lying. You're not being a hypocrite. Right. You actually want to go do it. Yeah. Now, now the problem is, you know, by the time I get back to my cubicle, my desk, I, I've already <laughs> resorted back to my, you know what? I don't really want to do that. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> so good at it, but, and I've talked to a blessed saint who, who said, you know what? I honestly do want to do what God wants. And she wasn't lying. Mm-hmm. And it, so, so not only is the law something that condemns us, but it, it, it re- teaches us what the will of God is and teaches us how to live according to that will. But I want to get, I just want to emphasize this, but that never establishes who you are in God's sight mm. in a positive way. Right. You are never going to see yourself as a child of God because of the law. Right. That's the role of the gospel. The gospel is the good news of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And that is why we believe that God is favorably disposed toward us, that he is benevolent, that he loves us, right? That we're yeah. his children, that we're his church. And this is why if if you don't hang around Lutherans much and you're starting to listen to them and they, they keep talking about law and gospel and always needing both and wanting to hear the gospel in their church, this, this is why we need both all the time even as Christians because this is the reality of our sinful nature that we're what we have like you said you you hear good things and you want to do it and then five minutes later you're like I don't really want to do it well that's the moment where I actually need to hear that gospel again right because it's that gospel that creates faith in me it sustains that faith in me it bears this fruit of wanting to do these good works of wanting to follow God's law. This is why as Lutherans we say, I need both all the time, always. You can't ever give me, you know, a steady diet of just one of them. <laughs> I actually need both because I'm a sinner and I'm a saint and I, I need both of those words from God. And so one of the things that we do say, however, is that the gospel must dominate. Yeah. Because really the the, the proclamation of the church following the example of, of John the Baptist and Jesus themselves is, is to go out and proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, right? Mm-hmm. So so the, the goal of the church is not to leave sinners convicted, but the goal of the church is to preach law, to bring people to the cross where God then forgives. See, that's our goal yeah. is, is to get them to the cross of Jesus Christ where God forgives and gives life. Now, one more thing I want to address before we go. You kind of alluded to it. <laughs> and some people misunderstand what you said. You'll say we need both. And a lot I've actually heard people say this is we need to make sure we have equal parts law and gospel. Yeah. Right. Or and sometimes no. when somebody says rightly divided yeah. instead of rightly distinguished, they yeah. can be meaning you've got to balance them. Right. Or rightly so, ba- you actually I've heard rightly yeah, balanced balance. law and gospel. And that's not the word either. That's <laughs> not at all what you mean. Yeah. Not at all. and when you say the gospel message drop my phone there's yeah. there's some law for yes. you I just drop my phone yeah. when you say the the gospel must predominate that doesn't mean that you know when you're talking with somebody or preaching a sermon you have to have 49 percent law and 51 percent right. gospel right you can actually have 95 percent law and five percent gospel and that gospel can predominate yeah depending on how it's been distinguished and delivered and proclaimed <laughs> exactly, and and remember, this is the art part of it. This is the art. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, so so we need to close up here, but but just just if you've listened this long, right? One that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, good on you, mate. 
but here's here's what I would like you to do, and, and I invite comments on this. You can email us, post whatever. Yeah. Listen to sermons. Don't don't evaluate your pastor. Just listen for the law and the gospel. Mm-hmm. When you do your devotions tonight, when you're reading the scriptures, read it and think: Is this passage hitting me as law, or am I hearing it as gospel? Mm-hmm. Not every passage is stagnant. Some passages you'll read one day and it'll hit you as law. The next day it might actually be gospel. Just even the statement that that Jesus died on the cross for you can be law, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it, you like can, we talked you can before, hear it, that way. it can condemn me. Yeah. That, um, who that am I that he needed to die yeah, for me? What? What's wrong? You know. Yeah. There's so many ways that, that can be law. I can actually, matter of fact, it can be the worst law is that my sins cause the death of the Son of God. Mm-hmm. It's also pure gospel. So, so again, it's not that I want you to go through and say I memorized this verse because it's a gospel verse. It might be a gospel. And verse. this is why we say you can't really just mark up your Bible as this verse is law and this verse is right. gospel because <laughs> this is what will happen. <laughs> this is what will happen. But, but again, I this this is a very practical thing. Yeah. It, this isn't a scholarly thing. This isn't. But, but it's extremely helpful. This helps you get rid of a lot of heresy when you simply remember that the law talking about the things that I do. That doesn't save me. Mm-hmm. The gospel about what God does in Christ for you, that's what saves. And this is also why we say God's word is alive. Yeah. And it, it's constantly teaching us and shaping us and forming us is because when we read it, this this is what the word of Christ does to us. It, it shapes us in this way. We hear the law when we need it. We hear the gospel when we need it. That's why it hits us those different ways because mm-hmm. God's word is alive. And so, yeah, as, as we close out today, we encourage you to be reading that word, hearing that word as you can. And if you have questions, questions at crucialproductions.org is the email address or on our website, the ask a question button right there at the top, crucialproductions.org. This has been Crucial Conversations. I'm Peter, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Kevin. Thanks. See you next week.